You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm the youngest sister. I'm a writer and producer, and I live in Pasadena, California. Hey, Leanne. I'm hey, right across Liz. the table for you. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I'm just I jacked up today, Julia. I got a lot of things to do. This is the first of many things today. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm here at the Wondery Sunset Studio in West Hollywood with Leanne, but I live in Santa Monica, California. How about you down there? Well, down there, no, <laughs> in the great state of Texas, Liz, this is Julie Dolan. Uh, I'm the oldest sister. I'm an empty nester, an urban nana, um, and I'm coming to you from my closet because the sound sounds better in here. But I'm happy to be with both of you. And Liz, I hope you can stay the whole show. You don't, you know, you don't <laughs> have to no, yeah. move on before the end of the show. Yeah, no, no. But, you know, I just like to stack things up a little bit, but... Yeah, you're <laughs> you're stacked up. We're stacked. The show's stacked up. Yeah. frankly, we got a stacked up very show. full show. Right, Julie, you had a a dream date this weekend with your husband. I did. It and... was a life. My husband was there too, but that <laughs> that he wasn't the main man this weekend, and I'll explain that. Can't wait to hear about that. All right, I have a list of the best and worst airports all over the world from Fodor's. Oh, but wow. I, I'm I, sure I've been there. I yes. am sure I've been to the worst, I think. I don't know. Yes. Well, we have. And I have a bone to pick with Fodor's. So oh. there's quite a list, but I have some issues with so the list. You are not sure you agree with them. Right. Okay. All right. Julie, speaking of international stuff, you have some international news today. A couple of big yeah. stories brewing you're going to cover for us. I am, Leanne. That just it's the scale of these stories is so uh, remarkable that I felt like we really needed to talk about it. You know, what we really need to talk about too, Julie, is witches because <laughs> witches are really having a moment, and uh, they are. I'm happy to see it. Yeah, there's a lot of happening with witches in popular culture. And of all really? the otherworldly creatures, I enjoy witches. You do? Yeah, I believe in them. So yeah. I yeah. also enjoyed, oh. the, this was the LA Times headline, Julie, the working witches of Los Angeles just want you to be your best self. Yeah. That seems like a good development. I don't know. I think the jury is out on witches. Okay. I'm not convinced. I'm very skeptical, okay? okay? I'm not sure they're a positive force. I don't know. I they're, wouldn't say that out loud, that you're skeptical enough. of witches. Because if they hear you, mm, that might not work out well. See? See what I mean? See the problem? Right there. All right. We also have more from Entertaining Sisters, too, including Anderson Cooper's touching tribute to his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt. So we're going to be covering all of that. But last week, we did actually take the week off mm -hmm. uh, because we had the Best Beach Bag book special. Yeah. We, we really, we loaded that show. I mean, so you didn't take the week off, listeners. You, right. A lot of you listened to that show and shared it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but we did. So that mm -hmm. meant I could get out of town. Uh, my youngest son, Colin, goes to school in Olympia, Washington. And so he was in a film program all year. So he was he was screening his film mm -hmm. at the end of the year. So I went up there with him. The plan was to go up there with him to pack him up. He has one more year of school. He has to find new housing. There had to be a storage unit, mm -hmm. some cleaning of the house he's been in. Oh. Mm -hmm. And then, oh. lucky me, I got to drive 1,100 miles home with him. <laughs> Which, oh, nice. honestly, when I booked the trip, I booked a two a round-trip ticket. And then he said, oh, and then are you driving home with me? I was like, 
Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you can't you can't miss that opportunity, Leon. Right? No, I can't. I can't. Mother son. I mean, it's it's rare. It's yes. rare. They're not always going to invite you to come come along on road trips. So. When you get the invitation, you got to take it, yes, right? Yes, the clock is ticking. Road mm. trip is a strong uh, statement for what the 1,100-mile haul home <laughs> is. It, we're not road tripping. We're just putting the hammer down <laughs> and getting home. But here's the thing. It is the greatest test of parenting patience to watch your college-age child try to pack up their room in a timely fashion and get out of their house. Really? Oh, and- Leanne, I totally agree with you. I'm having flashbacks right now of just, oh, garbage bags, uh, just, oh, uh, terrible. Yes. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. They can't get up before this. They have to do this. Oh, they're hungry. They are they- not ready for you when you oh. show up. Yeah, you can just assume that, like, oh. right, that they are not going to have things packed up or cleaned up. Or even a plan for either of those two things, right? Julie, you nailed it. Every yes, everything you just said was true. When I walked into his room, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "You could at least have thrown away the garbage." <laughs> you know, that's the last thing you do. I mean, I don't. All the Lacroix cans. Is that necessary? Can you just recycle those before I get here. It took, I felt like it took us three days to do these three tasks. And by the day we were supposed to leave, you know, I would have been up and I was ready to go. I would have been up and at them at like 9 a.m. I mean, we did not roll out of Olympia, Washington till two in the afternoon. Oh, my God. You must have been. Just That's excruciating, Leanne. Parenting patience. You were pacing, right? You, you were you were you were pacing I, at that point. The, right? the only tricky thing was I had to go. I also had a rental car uh-huh. because, again, I thought I was flying in and out of Portland International <laughs> Airport. So I had to drive to Portland ahead of him oh. and return, and the, return the car. And I thought he would be shortly behind me. Like, oh, you're kidding. Two and a half hours in the oh. in, later because he had, oh, he had the, oh lunch. I'm just going to make one more. I mean, okay. Wow. So I did it. But I deserve a medal. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yell. And I just kept saying, it's okay. Yeah. This is it. I kept saying exactly what you said, Julie. This isn't going to last. I only have a couple, you know, two more years. And this maybe then he'll never want to get in a car with me. But it is a test okay. of parenting patience. Are you going to do it again next year when he or when he graduates? I, I, I guess someone is going to. <laughs> I mean, because he doesn't. He's exhausted. He doesn't want to drive home. That's the other. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, I that's another conversation, but of the eleven hundred college miles, is so tiring. Though it is, remember? Yeah, remember I guess how it tired is. you get at college? You do. I guess I I don't remember being that tired. But anyway, I did it, and I deserve a medal. So, <laughs> so he's home for the summer, and then he's going back. Nice on, on his own. I'm not I'm not driving back up with him. But anyway, we did it. Okay. Well, I have something that maybe you uh, want to take him to because I know this concert is coming to Los Angeles and you might want to take advantage. Sisters, it happened for me this weekend. I got to see my Beatle, Paul McCartney, in concert. Oh. It was, I mean, he was he was performing at the baseball stadium, 50,000 plus people. It was the most incredible show concert of all time. It was three hours, 36 songs. When he walked out on stage, I started to cry. I mean, I, I mean, Leanne, you you're too young to remember mm. what an enormous imprint 
the Beatles and then my Beatle, Paul McCartney, made on my life. I mean, it was such a rush of memories. Like as a as a child, we spent hours studying those album covers mm-hmm. or, yes. or memorizing the words to like Norwegian Wood, which I don't even you know, I was 10 years old. I had no idea what that song was about, but I knew all the words to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my Meet the Beatles um, pocketbook and and there <laughs> you he did. Was. Wow, that's a good memory. Yeah, no, I did with all their little faces on it. And there he was. But it wasn't like a nostalgia tour. It wasn't a cover band. It wasn't someone telling us about the Beatles. It was the Beatles. It was Paul (laughs) McCartney. And it was his songs, his voice. They had these giant, you know, uh, high definition screens. I mean, it was an incredible They do that at concerts now, Joel. Yes. Well, Okay, okay, (laughs) girls, I'm just saying, but it was his pictures, his stories about being uh, a Beatle. I mean, the name of the tour was Freshen Up Tour, and I think that's going to be my motto for uh, 2020. (laughs) I'm just claiming that right now. I mean, and it was such a great combination of, obviously, classic songs, like he opened with Hard Day's Night, okay? Can't beat that. No, that's a good song. song. Yeah. But he also did like a new love ballad to his new wife, Nancy. Uh, He sang a beautiful point song that he wrote after John's death that I don't think any any of us have heard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then he did a lot of new stuff. I mean, he's written a new song about anti-bullying. How about that? You know, or even old songs like he was talking about Blackbird. Yeah. And he said he wrote that in the summer of 1968 when the race relations in Alabama were so terrible. And he wrote that as a song, as a sort of a beacon of hope for people in the South. And he played it again. I yeah. mean, here's and, the thing about Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney really knows how to write a song. Yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> See, he's yeah, a very I talented mean, guy. Mm-hmm. And he played, he played the electric guitar. He played the bass. He played a ukulele. He played a mandolin. He played two kinds of piano, uh, an upright piano and a grand piano, and a, an acoustic t- guitar. I mean, he, you know, he did, it, it was all him, and it was such a great show. And, I mean, I stood for three hours. My husband and I stood for three hours, and we just loved every moment of it. The only song that he didn't write was a song, you know, that... You know, one of his friends wrote, George Harrison, you oh, know, and oh. George Harrison had uh, worked out the song Something on a ukulele. And uh, there he, there was Paul McCartney on stage with George Harrison's ukulele singing Something. Nice. It was, it, wow. It was so you should go if you're anywhere near San Diego, Phoenix, Las Vegas, San Jose, and on the 4th of July in Dodger Stadium, Sir Paul is going to be there. And I would just, I two more things. Yeah. First of all, this is the our sister Sheila report is he looked fantastic. He's yeah. 76 years old. His birthday is this week. It's but today. I don't know what it's actually, today, actually. It's today, actually, yeah. Jill. I saw that on the news this morning. It's today. That, it's today. Okay, so his birthday's today. Okay. Yeah. His skin, Leanne and yeah. Liz, I don't know what his regime is, but it is looked fantastic. And he had the perfect shag haircut. You know, it's silvery and it's gray and it was shaggy and it was all right. And he just looked fantastic. So good for him. I mean, he didn't stop during the three hours of this show and it was amazing. 
But I, and then finally, I would just say that, you know, Sir Paul McCartney has been out there 55 years singing about peace and love all over the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's so comfortable in a giant stadium with 60,000 people or 50,000 people screaming and yelling and signs and lights. Uh, I think we should give him the Nobel Peace Prize. That's really, I, (laughs) okay. Campaign starts here. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, would you go see him, Liz? Would, are you We've interested? Seen him. In- We've seen him. Didn't we see him in Seattle? Saw him like in at Seattle. The, this is years ago. When 30, we were, 30 when, years ago. Oh, wow. That's, when we were both living in Portland. Yeah. Yeah, we went up to, he was playing in the the Kingdom, yeah. which now I think they blew up and replaced. But uh, yeah, he's, gr- he, he's great. He's great. He's Paul McCartney. Yeah, he sits down at the piano and plays Hey Jude. It's all over. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, he's fantastic. I know. He's Paul McCartney. I'm surprised it took you so long to go see Paul McCartney. Yeah. I just, well, he w- played in Russia and we heard him that night. We could not go to that concert in Russia, but he talked about it on stage that the concert that he played in Moscow, where he played back in the USSR twice, because the Russians seemed to enjoy that song. <laughs> and, and I was actually, I was talking to my, uh, my daughter-in-law about this, that for many Russians, that's how they learn to speak English, that they, by listening to Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. And so P- Sir Paul was up there on stage, you know, this past weekend, he was saying, he was talking to the defense minister, and that's and the defense minister said he learned to speak English um, listening to Paul McCartney songs. Oh, there you go. Well, Julie, I'm glad I mean, you did it. I yes. think the skincare yeah. regime is weed and vegetarianism. <laughs> if I <laughs> And, well, it's 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 yeah. working. That's all I'm saying. That he is really a role model because he looked great. Yeah, yeah. You know what looks cute is that new Danny Boyle movie. Um, yes, uh, called Yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, about, that looks adorable. So, Julie, yeah. you can follow that up. I know you're a big movie goer, but right, that everybody in the world forgets the Beatles except this one guy. So it looks just charming. Yes. I've seen a million ads this week. Uh, so if you can't get to the concert, you can at least go to that. Yeah. But so yes, see yesterday. And then also that carpool karaoke that Paul did with oh, James yes. Corden. That's the best. Yes. Come on. I could, I could watch that every day. Yeah. And it would just well, make that's, me happy. Well, he was, that's what he was like on stage. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, come okay. on. All right. No, uh, Julie, we love Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul Who doesn't McCartney. love Paul McCartney? <laughs> We're with you. I'm so happy you went. Was that yes. a spur of the moment thing? No, um, we had planned this 10 months in advance. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. impressive. That's impressive. Okay, um... I mentioned at the top of the show that I've got things kind of stacked up today. You know, not in any unmanageable way. Hooper has already been dropped at the dog sitter. Here I am doing this. And then after after we're done, I'm actually going to the airport and flying to New York because um, a friend of mine is getting a major like career achievement award tomorrow. And it's the 25th annual WISE, which stands for Women in Sports and Events, WISE Women of the Year Awards Luncheon. And so my friend Suzanne Smith, who I've mentioned many times on this show, um, she's getting what they've decided instead of giving out like an annual Woman of the Year Award, they're going to give out Women of Distinction Awards. So more in the career achievement um, category. So Suzanne is getting one of those. But also, Leanne, I know you've worked with Anita DeFrance, who is a vice president of the International Olympic Committee. She's getting one and several other women. So, but basically, all of Suzanne's friends decided to show up for Suzanne. Because, That's really nice. Because we love her. So the, um, the good news about uh, Suzanne is that she is a director and a producer for the NFL. 
Uh, and she is, uh, I've said many times about Suzanne, because this has been true for 20 years, she is the only female director of the NFL across any network. She directs it, the television broadcast. Directs the television broadcast, exactly. She works for CBS Sports, directing the television broadcast. And this has been true for decades now, that she was the only female. Sadly, it is still true that Suzanne Smith is the only female uh, director um, across any network for NFL television. But whatever. Still, good for her. So we're all turning up. She rallied a whole bunch of her friends, and we're going. But then I guess so many of her friends rallied that I got an email yesterday. This is a, I'm, I'm only mentioning this because it makes sense to the story. They're like, I got this award in 1998, so many, many years ago. But I guess so many women are showing up for this 25th anniversary uh, event uh, to honor their friends that they realize that a lot of the former award winners, many of us, are going to be in the house. So now they're making us do a procession. Yeah, well, that's good. Do you have to wear a sash or do you have a crown? You know, like I don't past know. Mardi Gras queens <laughs> get together for a big luncheon, and that's always nice. Oh, really? Okay, this is not quite yeah. like that. But it, it totally changes your concept for what you're going to wear. I didn't really have time to get my nails done. Now that I know I have to be processing around with other uh, wise women of the year, I have to get to New York late tonight and run out in the morning and just do a few personal grooming <laughs> grooming things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Are you going to wear something flowing, I think, Liz, would yeah. be good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's too bad you didn't have more time. You could have had a jersey with your name on it. Like, um, that would have been yeah. fun. Oh. A, be- a bedazzled jersey. <laughs> Okay. Thank God I didn't tell you about this too early. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really fun. Liz. It would have been fun. But then the super fun part is after the luncheon. So all of Suzanne's friends are turning up to salute Suzanne. And then after the luncheon, one of those friends is having an after party back at her apartment. So the subset of just friends of Suzanne, we have our own like 3 p.m after party. Wow. So that should be a <laughs> rockin' good time. And this is my longtime bunch of satellite sisters that we just call ourselves Girls' Night Productions. So this is all women who were in the sports business back in the day, like in the 90s, where we would all, like I was working in marketing at Nike, Suzanne was at CBS, like Robin Roberts was at ESPN back in the day. And we would all get together at sporting events because there were so few women at these events working the events. We would always have our own little night out together. So we'll all be gathered in Suzanne's honor tomorrow afternoon in one of the apartments. So super psyched to go to that. Great. So you leave right from here. You go to yeah. LAX. Well, I have to go back home. I thought I was going to go straight to LAX, but then I got here and I realized I forgot the power cord for my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Liz. <laughs> so, mm, and they charge you an arm and a leg. For those, so yeah, at the airport. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. In the yeah. Anyway, so that's my plan. Um, re- tomorrow's going to be a big Satellite Sisters energy day for me, and I'm very excited to be able to support Suzanne. Okay, I'm going to say what other people say, but try to get some photos and maybe post oh, yeah. them at okay. Instagram. Oh, okay. good idea. Do it. Yeah, go for it. At Sat Sisters, sure. At yeah. Sat Sisters, hashtag Sat Sisters travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can do it all. Do it. There will be no cheese boarding, but all the other <laughs> hashtags I can use. Liz, our cheese boarding contest is still going on. People, I you know. have one more week to post cheese boarding photos at the Satellite Sisters Instagram or uh, at, at Instagram or at Facebook. You have to use the hashtags Sat Sisters Cheese Boarding or, and hashtag Cabot Cheese. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can post your photos, one photo per person. You can post them in both formats at Facebook 
at Instagram. Use those hashtags. Uh, all the details are on our website, but use those hashtags. The winner gets a year's worth of delicious Cabot's cheese. It's, it's delicious cheese. It's delicious cheese. It is- and a year's worth. Boy, these the the pictures are amazing. Fantastic. People are really going to town. I mean, I have they're so creative. I never thought of, you know, using corn on a cheese board or or cucumbers. I saw a cucumber cheese board the other day. That looked really tasty. Yeah. Yeah, we have some legit cheese boarders out there. And then we have people People oh, the who best. Have, who have just done funny uh, yeah. interpretations, which we also love. There's room for all kinds of cheese boards at Sat Sisters Cheese Boarding. Yes. And just a tip for, you know, if you really want to get in on the action, the number of entries on Instagram is way lower than the number of entries on Facebook. So really, you're going to want to try the ins- Be sure to post your photo on the Instagram. Just hashtag Sat Sisters Cheese Boarding. Hashtag cabbage cheese. Right. You need to use the hashtag so we can find the photos and then you'll be entered in our random drawing. The mm-hmm. contest ends next week. We will announce the winner on our July 2nd Summer Entertaining Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a year's worth of cheese. You're wondering, <laughs> it's 100 pounds of cheese. Is it worth your effort? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Even my son said last night, can I enter the cheese boarding contest? I said, you can't. I don't think you can win. But no. all your friends can enter. And I, remember, yeah. we're not judging the entries. Right. It's just names in a hat. People, right. names in a hat. Right. So we appreciate it. Yeah, you can do it as, as elaborate as, or as simple as you want, right? Yeah. Some yes. people are just putting cheese on a board. Done. Yes. Okay. They win. <laughs> They're in. Sometimes spray cheese. It's fine. <laughs> fine with us. The cactus with the cheese block. <gasps> Woo! Uh, I liked it. I mean, that was... That See, was... there's not even a board involved, no. but it's cheese boarding in the broader <laughs> sense. I like that chocolate cheese boarding, too. <laughs> even though... <laughs> Whatever. We love it all. So hashtag Sat Sisters Cheeseboarding, hashtag Cabot Cheese. Thanks, Cabot, for providing those fantastic prizes. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. All right. Stay with us. Uh, speaking of LAX, Liz, I have LAX news coming up. Oh. Um, but first, we would like to thank a couple of sponsors here at Satellite Sisters. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. 
That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Okay, we're back. Julie, a lot happening on the international news scene. It's been a while since you've done an international news roundup, but you had to talk about a couple of stories this week, right? Right, because there are two giant international stories this week. I mean, I think we have to talk about them just because of the scale. First of all, the protests going on in Hong Kong, and then we're going to get to the power outage in Argentina. But let's start with the protests in Hong Kong. I know you two have, uh, you and Liz have been following this as well, but Mm -hmm. the numbers, the pictures are amazing and are remarkable that nearly 2 million demonstrators have been out on the streets in in Hong Kong. And this is the largest demonstration since the handover in 1997. And what is also remarkable about this group of protesters is that most of them are young. They're too young to be sort of nostalgic about the British rule. So the protests are over a new extradition law, uh, an extradition law that the protesters feel, you know, is going to put them at great risk, that they, in fact, you know, people feel like they will be extradited to back to mainland China to stand trial for crimes. Um, and there's a lot of concern about it. But this all got started with a case involving a man and a woman on Valentine's Day, went to Taiwan and... Uh, uh, the man came returned back to Hong Kong, but the woman was uh, was later found to be have been murdered. And the family lobbied the Hong Kong government um, because they wanted because there was no extradition treaty between Taiwan and Hong Kong. And the family lobbied the Hong Kong government to put in place a new extradition law to cover this so that they could bring the man back to Taiwan for trial. But as the law was developed, it also included mainland China, and this is what the protesters have really been upset about, because they really feel like, you know, Hong Kong has been been a semi-autonomous area. You know, they have their own political system, their own judicial system, economic system, and they and they really are, you know, very concerned that um, that if this law were to go through, that it would be in fact a Trojan horse, that it mm-hmm. would en- enable mainland China to really crack down on people who have who are dissenters of things that are going on in China or people that are political, you know, political enemies of people in China, and it would just really limit their rights. So there you have two million people out on the streets, you know, and they're showing great courage because the Communist Party had said they wouldn't tolerate this insubordination and they have been using tear grass and rubber bullets. Um, But even though as of today, the Hong Kong leader, Carrie Lam, has called for calm and she's supposedly backed down on actually um, enacting this extradition law, um, the protesters are not stopping. It's amazing when you look at the footage of how many of them there are. And she's a fascinating character in a very unusual role, right, Julie? 
Right, because she is, you know, she's always said that she is running the the government of Hong Kong, but she also has to she has to respond to to the central government in uh, Beijing as well. Mm-hmm. And as of this morning, she's really being uh, pressed to quit to step down because obviously she does not have things under control. Um, and you know, I mean, the thing is with this protest, Leon, is that there, while there are some people that are emerging as sort of the face of the protest, I mean, there's no official leader. I mean, these are just millions of individuals that have come out because they fear, you know, that this is really going to be such a crackdown on their way of life, and that they, you know, and really going to infringe on their freedom that they are showing great courage to come forward and protest. It's amazing. You know, the New York Times has been doing a good job covering this story over the last year. If you listen to their podcast, The Daily, and you search Beijing or Hong Kong, there have been a couple of really in-depth episodes, one about these protests just this week, and they made the point like, it's hot in Hong Kong Mm -hmm. in the summer. You know, there were old people out there. There were young people out there. There were families with babies. It's the equivalent of one in four Americans taking to the street. Mm -hmm. That two million number is a huge percentage of Hong Kong's total population. So if you want an in-depth look at this, check out the Daily and the New York Times coverage. They've been doing a good job. It's amazing. uh, That is just a remarkable sight. We'll keep watching it. I know you'll keep watching it. The other sort of remarkable headline this weekend has got to be the power outage that affected Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, and part of Chile. Mm-hmm. That I mean, this wasn't like just a you know one city having a blackout. These, these mm-hmm. were multiple countries were like uh, thrown into darkness, that they had an outat, out, a power outage that impacted 48 million people. And they really don't know why it happened. I mean, it, you know, it probably is just a grid thing. I mean, they don't know. They have, they're looking into it. The president of Argentina has promised to get a, a, you know, a big investigation. They have at this point restored power to, to most areas um, that were impacted by this. But it's just, how could that happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just... Well, I you have you your have, suspicions, right, Joel? I think you have... I, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't... Well, they haven't, they haven't completely ruled out some kind of cybersecurity issue. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, when you see that a whole country was thrown into darkness, you have to ask that question, I think, whether or not this is, you know, some dry run for some larger cybersecurity yeah. attack on a bigger country, on bigger countries, more populated countries. You know, I don't know. You said that's this, what I think. You said this yesterday in our pre-production column, like, really? You think that's what it is? And then today, boom, again, the New York Times, the Daily, guess what it's about? It's about the U.S.'s ability to take down the power grid in Russia, Julie, yeah. how long we've been working on that. So apparently this is... you can, New things to worry about in case you're running that list, the new things to worry about list, you can add other countries taking down our power grid now. And it's fascinating when you think about the implications of that, like taking down the power grid as an act of war and the kind of civilian casualties that would result of that because the people right. most most dependent on power, people in hospitals, you know, older people, all of that. It's really and kind newborns, of newborns. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, the, it would be people that need ventil. Yes, all all kinds of uh, things. 
So, so yeah. I mean, we don't, I mean, obviously we don't know that, you know, they have an investigation <laughs> They're you know, they're saying that these, this grid did, the power grid did serve these multiple countries. And so that's why all of them went down when the grid went down, but that, you know, it will, I'm, I'm going to be watching to see for the ofi- official explanation of yeah. why this happened. Yeah. See, it's like back in the day, like when the whole East Coast went out, you knew it was like a squirrel in a box, right? right. That literally used to cause the whole, the, the giant blackouts that we experienced when we were kids. Now you just can kind of sense this is not a squirrel in a box. It's a little, it's a cyber squirrel. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's, it is unprecedented to have that many countries uh, go dark. I yeah. would hope so. Yeah. All I can envision is Homer Simpson sitting in the nuclear power plant. <laughs> like Liam. the Argent, I know. And I know it's not that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're doing some excellent work here and I'm, I'm sorry. I though, Julie, I was thinking about the fact that we spent our vacation in Argentina in January yeah. and February, but we were in some places so far afield that we were pretty much off the power grid for a few we, days we, we, we were We were off the grid list. We yes. were beyond I mean, the grid. So it would be weird to be beyond the grid and then come back and the grid's down. But whatever. That's not what's happening here. I know you will continue to report back on your findings. I will. I will. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of international news, I have this survey from Fodor's. They just released their list of best and worst airports around the world for different categories. And I know the two of you are really world travelers, mm-hmm. as are so many Satellite Sisters listeners. Uh, so I wanted to go over a few things with you. I have an issue with their two top picks, their oh. best and worst domestically. But let's start with the best internationally. Who? Which one of you has been to Singapore Changi yes. Airport? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. They have an orchid garden in the middle of the airport, Leanne. I mean, it's delightful, deluxe. It's it's uh, it's a vacation in and of itself. I just feel like Changi's been on number one on all these lists for so long that there must be some other airport that's been built recently <laughs> that's even better than Singapore. But yeah, Singapore Airport is a great airport. All right. Well, how about the runner-up is Seoul Incheon Airport? Have you been there? Not for like 30 years. So I I hope they have a new airport from the one I was in 30 years ago. Yes, it it sounds like it. That if if Chingy didn't exist, Incheon would probably be the most mind-blowing airport. Okay. So schedule a trip to Seoul for that. Yeah. Okay, best airport for shopping. Any guesses? I don't know. In the U.S.? No, international. International. Oh, Dubai. Oh, Oh, Julie, strong answer. I got a very nice sweater in Copenhagen one time. (laughs) It is in the duty free. It's not Denmark. According to Fodor, it is London Heathrow. Oh, okay. yeah. You guys- they, they do have excellent shopping there. I mean, I mean, because they have so many delayed planes that you spend hours <laughs> at that at that airport. So they, it's extensive. It's yes. extensive amount of stores. Yeah. Especially yep. if you need cigarettes or whiskey, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the no, runner- but they have a lot of clothing stores as well, they high do. end, low end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they got a lot of shopping there. Yeah, Mulberry, Paul Smith. As an added bonus, you can order online and then just pick it up at the airport. Oh, so oh. that's some serious shopping. Yeah, the runner-up is Tokyo Haneda Airport. So there you go. Okay. Uh, pop into the Hello Kitty Japan or Character Shop. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. That would be fun. There's some good items. Yeah. All right. Best airports for foodies. This is both uh, the domestic and an international. Uh, this I find hard to believe. <laughs> Newark Liberty International Airport. Best for foodies. That is impossible to believe. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to test it out. I don't want to know. <laughs> 
The problem is first you have to get to Newark Airport. So that that's that holds you back. Okay. Apparently Alain Ducasse and Dale Tald both have restaurants there now. Oh really? So they must have done some serious upgrading from six years ago. The yes. last time I was there, it's a terrible airport. I've spent so much of my life avoiding Newark <laughs> International Airport that it's true. I can't really judge their current uh food service. <laughs> okay. The runner up Hong Kong International Airport. I, I was gonna say I had uh I went to a noodle bar at the Hong Kong airport and it's still one of the most memorable meals I've ever had. <laughs> Hot steaming noodle soup. When you get off a plane, it was delicious. Mm. Okay, best small, best tiny airport. Tiny airport in the U.S. Oh. Jackson Hole Airport. Oh, Nice to really? see my form, I, former I was, hometown. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, well, not Bend, Oregon, Redmond Airport, where that you fly into if you go to Bend, Oregon. It's a very nice little airport. Well, they get a lot of extra credit for just the breathtaking views of the Tetons as you fly it. Oh, yeah. So you got to give them credit for that. Okay, now let's get to the best and the worst at domestic airports. Okay, they're okay. Both... Julie Leon is scowling now, so we are shifting gears now. Okay, okay, they're, okay. They're okay. Both I, all in right. Southern California. Okay, the best and the worst. Yes, the best airport they claim is Hollywood Burbank Airport, the Burbank Airport, really? formerly known as the Bob Hope. And their whole rationale for this, Liz, is that it's LAX is so bad that this, <laughs> this must be the best by comparison. Okay. I don't think that's the best. That's... No. No. I was <laughs> That's just... the one closest to your home, right? Yes, I was just there a week ago and like the only restaurant they have is Guy Fieri's restaurant. <laughs> I don't feel good about Guy Fieri. They make the point like well you barely have to wait for planes. So they don't really need food or they don't need anything. It's cheap parking and it's easy in easy out. Mm-hmm. All those things are true, but that doesn't make it the best. Yeah. Like no. having just killed two and a half hours in the Portland International Airport. That is the best domestic airport. You think so? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I bought a pair of shoes. <laughs> I had some delicious food. I had a glass of wine. I got 5,000 steps in in two and a half hours. <laughs> Waiting okay. for your son to Wait. turn up? <laughs> I wasn't even flying, and I enjoyed the airport. Now, the worst airport, they said, is LAX. Okay. And they make the point LAX is so bad because getting in and out of LAX is so bad. Yeah. That is that it's that loop, right? That loop of death. Yes. Yes. Traffic wise. Well, getting getting to that location, it could be take you 20 minutes or it could take you two and a half hours. And that that uncertainty for travelers, I think, is bad. But I think LaGuardia is right up there. I mean, would that be second on the list? Uh, No, they didn't let me. Let me me just say one thing about LAX. First of of all, there's a new. Train going in in time for the Olympics. So by 2028, they will have solved some of that. By you know. 2028, Liz? <laughs> well, I Are think, you kidding? I think they're going to finish That's it like soon. That's like nine years. <laughs> so we just just suffer for another nine years? We'll yeah. be okay? Yeah. Well, yes, okay. I know. And I know LAX is terrible. I will be there this afternoon, as I mentioned, headed to New York. However, what was unfair about the story, Leon, is that they in the story they used a picture of Tom Bradley International Terminal, and that's a brand new terminal, LAX. And I would just like to say, I've spent a lot of quality time there. The food is great, the service is great, the shopping is great. So it was a little bit unfair of them to make it look like that brand new terminal was bad, because that's your lifeline. If you're at LAX and you're going in and out of Tom Bradley, you're good. Yeah, it's the it's the other. 
the other ones that I would avoid. All of the other domestic terminals, try to stay out of those. Yeah, Liz, FYI, I heard on the news today the center lane of traffic at LAX is closed today uh, because they're blowing up a sky bridge. Oh, so FYI. Okay, okay. I'm going to have to leave right now. I'm sorry. You should go, Liz. Don't leave now because we have to talk about witches. But, uh, Jill, let's hold the story on bikes you were going to do for next week, okay? Right, which I think we should all, uh, we have some work to do with uh, bicycle riding. Yeah, we're going to talk about it next week. (laughs) All right. Uh, First, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... (laughs) Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right, we're back with Entertaining Sisters. Uh, First, I want to mention, though, our best beach bag books list is posted at SatelliteSisters.com. Right. A lot of good good reception to the list. Uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a great list. It's very varied. You know, all kinds of books. Yes. On last week's podcast, we went through some of them, but the full list posted at SatelliteSisters.com has many more choices. So it's a good thing to go read it, forward that to your friends. You know, you're all in book clubs. Share that around because there are lots of great suggestions on that list. And I'm so happy that people ordered books right away, that they ordered Jennifer Weiner's book right away, which is great. So Mrs. Everything, a couple of books on that list, you know, deserve a little recognition. They might not get it unless you see it on the list. So, yes, definitely go read it. Share it with your book club. Make your picks. Download some books. Buy Mm -hmm. some books. Go to your Mm -hmm. independent bookstore. Books, books, books. So that is over there. We did read all the books on that list. Yes. That's why it's a good list. I think that's important to say. I think that's important to say. And speaking of books, okay, so uh, you know, Liz, you and I both pitched this same story about witches. Yes. And 
I know I love witches. I've loved witches for a long time. I always like witch stories. Really? Like, yeah. Like outside of Halloween? I mean, I know you dress up as a, you know, we've had a witch contest and we, at Halloween, but like every day you like off witches? Off cycle? Yes. I'm, <laughs> you're, I'm out of you're season. You're a witch off cycle. <laughs> out of season. In fact, my sons, when they saw the new house colors, they is much darker than our old house. Yeah. They said, did you do this for Halloween so it make the witch's house look better? Which is something I hadn't even thought of. No, I just think as like historical figures and characters, they're very interesting to me because they, okay. you know, they're misunderstood. A lot of women were accused of being witches when they weren't. Yeah, they. It's just a. It's just as fascinated me. And yeah, that's ancient. true. Some of them were just stay noisy women. Yes, and they yeah. were written off as witches. Right. Okay, and, I'm following you now. Yeah, they're ancient. You know, you see them in historical literature and ancient tales. Every culture. Every culture has witches. It tended. You know, better than warlocks. That's stupid. No one cares about warlocks. You know, vampires are too bloody. No, no. Demons, I don't understand at all. Werewolves. I mean, but witches, they have kind of a negative orientation sure. and perspective on things. Yeah, don't well, that, you think? Well, you like that? Not the new working that. witches of Los Angeles, Julie. Yeah, that is. What is this? That They're is basically what... life coaches now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. There was a story in the L.A. Times, okay, about the working witches of Los Angeles. And Liz is exactly right. Their prominence is growing thanks to social media because they see themselves as healers, Julie. They help clients who are struggling to cope with life's hurdles, everything from heartache to aging to misogyny to work stress. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting more accepted as people are seeking. They're losing faith in institutions and they're gaining faith in witches with Instagrams and <laughs> newsletters. And I found that. Well, that, that's quite a statement. That's quite a statement right there. OK. <laughs> well, Julie, there's a woman in the story whose name is the Oracle. And she says, if you think being a witch is just sitting around doing spells all the time, you think wrong. Half my business is being on Instagram. <laughs> so, there have been at least a half dozen books on witchcraft released in the last six months. Museums and universities like LACMA and UCLA and UC Berkeley are inviting witches to lecture and lead workshops on their on their campuses. I mean, it's an exciting time to be a witch, Julie. <laughs> Okay, so that's your point. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you ever thought of, of pursuing, career change, pursuing it, <laughs> they make the point in the story that there's no state licensing board involved either. Well, that so issue you up to really do all kinds of uh, kooky things. Okay, great. So studies have actually shown that people turn to magic and high-risk rituals. I'm sorry, people turn to magic and rituals in high-risk and high-stress situations. And just life in general right now tends to be high-risk and high-stress, and they're turning to these witches for some kind of healing power. You can actually follow the hashtag Witches of Instagram if you're interested. There are over 2.5 million posts there. Okay? It's unbelievable, really. And quite a few cats in that (laughs) <laughs> Pointy houses. Pointy houses. Natural, naturally, <laughs> their cats involved. I'm just saying, if this could be the summer of witches, I just <laughs> finished watching the Discovery of Witches on television, which I really enjoyed, based on the set of books by Deborah Harkness. Oh, a never fantastic heard of that TV series. You know, are uh, so really kind of sexy, sexy witches. I mean. <laughs> What more could you want? I was just reading a book called The Secret History of Witches by Louisa Morgan, and then I saw this article. Wow. I thought, well, it's a good time to be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, witches, enjoy your moment. 
Uh, all right, moving on. We did want to mention uh, the death of Gloria Vanderbilt. Now, she was someone who I feel like has been in our lives from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. uh, if you have not seen the beautiful uh, salute to her that her son, Anderson Cooper, did on CNN yesterday. We have posted that in the Facebook group, or you can just Google it. And it's just beautiful. Like Anderson Cooper, her son, do you remember when he came on Satellite Sisters? This was yes. 2004. I went back and I looked at when would that have been. In 2004, his mom published a book entitled It Seemed Important at the Time, A Romance Memoir. And it was all about how many times she had fallen in love and for various husbands. And and Anderson, because Anderson is a good son, he actually went out and did the media tour for her. Like I had just, kind of forgotten Remember that when he talked to us about it. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are also a couple of other things more recent. They did a book together, Anderson and Gloria Vanderbilt, called The Rainbow Comes and Goes. And a number of you in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group mentioned how much you loved this. It's a collection of the correspondence between mother and son. And really, have you noticed, Julie, even in like the video salutes, it's always about just how much they love each other and they just have a beautiful relationship. I mean, I mean, it's really uh, it's remarkable, admirable to see you know, sort of the devotion that he had for her and that she had for him. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, and that he was, and that he shared that with all of us too. I yes. mean, I think that was what was so interesting about that second book is that he talked, you know, he came out and was all over the place talking about his mother and her life and their life together, both the, you know, the good parts, the tragedies. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like we do, you know, we're, you know, he, he did such a good job communicating about her. I feel like we know her better than we probably should. Right. Another thing I would recommend, they did a documentary on HBO, which is just so lovely, called Nothing Left Unsaid, where he just talks to her about everything, all of her various husbands yep. and her love yep. affairs, but also when his brother and her son committed suicide. Anderson, I think, came on our show one time and talked about that because yes. that was in yes. Anderson's own memoir. So yep. anyway, Gloria Vanderbilt, he called her a creature from another planet. And she did have that otherworldly aspect to her. But she had sort of a remarkable look about her. You know, it was sort of highly stylized, like, like, no, you know, there were no, you know, she didn't remember, she didn't uh, resemble anyone else. You know, it was a very individual look. Yeah. Yeah. And then she really had her moment in the Gloria Vanderbilt jeans era, which I am proud to say, I owned a pair of those, didn't I, Julie? I know I was a little bit jealous about that, Liz. I never got a pair, but you look pretty good in those. Yeah, yeah. And many of you in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group remember that the name of your model of Gloria Vanderbilt jeans was the Amanda, I think you said, which I don't remember what my mom, maybe they were all called the Amanda. You were rock. I think you were rocking the Amandas, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no Gloria Vanderbilt, just what a, just. What a lovely artist and spirit. And thank you, Anderson Cooper, for uh, telling us even more uh, about her. The other thing I wanted to mention, as long as we're talking about uh, great spirits put out there into the world, is I recommend that everybody go see Mindy Kaling's new movie called Late Night. I'm sure you've read all about it. It stars uh, Emma Thompson. 
Oh, um, I love her. I know. She's so great. She's so great. Mm-hmm. But other people in this movie, Mindy Kaling is in it. John Lithgow was in it. Hugh Dancy is in it. Oh. Reed Scott, you know, the guy from Veep? Sure. Uh, he's in it. And Ike Barinholtz, who is so hilarious. He actually, the whole idea is that Emma Thompson has a late night show that's about to be canceled because she's like, a woman of a certain age, and nobody wants to listen to women anymore, especially of a certain age. So Ike Barinholtz is the guy who's coming in to replace her. Oh. So it's it's really a good story. A lot of it is about what goes on in the writer's room. They hire the Mindy Kaling character to be their first diversity hire in the, uh, in the writer's room. And that was actually Mindy Kaling's experience when she was a writer on The Office. She was a so-called diversity hire. I think the only female or person of color in the um, in the writer's room uh, at The Office. Anyway, it is super funny. I really, really recommend it. Um, but the good news is, this is part of a complete summer of Emma Thompson. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> and this is the sexy Emma Thompson we're seeing this summer, by the way. Not... Good. She's not, she's not playing a witch in no. anything. <laughs> No, it's not Emma Thompson in period costume. Actually, her wardrobe in Late Night is fascinating. I recommend it just for that. She always looks fabulous. But so she's in Late Night this summer. She's also in Men in Black International, where she's oh, yeah. the where she's Agent O. Have you seen that already, Jewel? No, but I've seen the previews oh, for that. Yeah. And then uh, later on in the fall, she's in a movie called Last. Christmas. This one sounds good. A British romantic comedy co-written by Emma Thompson and directed by Paul Feig. It's great. Or Feig? Feig? Okay. I never remember how to pronounce that. Um, and then she's also in another movie by the end of the year called How to Build a Girl alongside Beanie Feldstein, who was so good in, what was that movie that just came out? That was... Booksmart. A Booksmart. Oh, she was so great in Booksmart. Anyway, so it's the summer of Emma Thompson. You can just get on board with that. (laughs) All right. We would like to thank our sponsors for this week's Satellite Sisters. And thanks to you for supporting the people who support us. We really appreciate it. Don't forget about the cheese boarding contest. You have one more week to get your cheese boards up there on Instagram and Facebook using the hashtag SatSistersCheeseBoarding and hashtag Cabot Cheese. We would also like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show. Thank you, Sergio. We always appreciate the work you do to make us sound good. Uh, we have some to-dos here. What do you have going on this week, Leanne? Uh, you know, uh, I am wrapping up quite an intense period of work tomorrow with moderating a panel. Liz? Uh, I know you have strong opinions about the role of a good moderator. <laughs> you talked about that on the past show. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I know. So, well, because tomorrow I'm moderating for the fifth out of six years. I'm moder- fifth out of five out of six years. I'm moderating the Women in Business panel sponsored mm-hmm. by Pasadena Magazine, mm-hmm. where I gather a bunch of local business women uh, in all kinds of areas. I sort of group them, I produce the event, and then I moderate it, uh, ask them a lot of questions. Tomorrow I'm talking to the women of residential real estate. Wow. Oh, yeah. you love residential I, real estate. Everyone That's going to be juicy, Liam. I know. Good. Everyone yeah. loves residential real estate. Everyone does. <laughs> That's why I've done women in media. I've done women in the arts. I've Have done you done women in philanthropy? Witches. <laughs> Next year, witches list. <laughs> women in witchcraft. Stop. Woo. 
Love it. Uh, But no, women of residential uh, real estate. So I'm talking to some heavy hitters in that market in Pasadena. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a sold-out crowd, 250 people in the in attendance. And, and they can look forward to some high-quality moderation. I promise you that. Yeah. We've seen Lee in moderate. She does a bang-up job keeping I those conversations hard. I going. I work hard on this. I work hard on this, and I'm happy to do it. I, I like talking to women about business, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to enjoy it. And then, I'm, of course, I'm going to ask, do they know I mean, do they resent us for going to those open houses when we have no intention of buying the house? <laughs> I mean, my, just want to know. How resentful are they? Can I take the free water without it's free water? Can without signing up, leaving your name, right, as the contact sheet. Yeah. Yeah. How many people leave, leave fake emails? Because I do. Oh, Liz. <laughs> That's good stuff. Okay. Julie, what are you up to this week? Well, I'm heading to Bend, Oregon, because I am doing the He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother tour. (laughs) This is our brother Dick is uh, uh, recuperating from a little surgery. And so I'm heading up there to be part of the team to help out. So um, fortunately, uh, Liz has a place there. So I'm going to be bunking in at your place, Liz, right? Yes, you are, Julie. And I have one small task for you. So it's on my to-do list, but it's really for you. I was there (laughs) in my little bungalow this weekend in Bend. And I realized the sprinkler system, the irrigation had been turned on, but it appeared to only be working in the back, not in the front. So I had to do what anyone does in this situation. I stood out back in front of the irrigation controller and I played a YouTube video while I'm holding my laptop in one hand about how to set the irrigation controller. So I thought I had it like exactly right. That was on Saturday. And then Saturday night I came back from somewhere and it had watered. So I thought, okay, great. And then... Sunday morning, I like woke up and it had already watered. And then before I even left, it was watering again. <laughs> so, okay, so, good. You got to got you under control, Liz. Good. Yeah. So I went. Liz, in. I am not. I am not. I know enough about uh, sprinkler systems that I am not touching your sprinkler system. All I need you to do. I am Shirley, not doing it. I think I reset the water dates effectively. But if it does seem to be watering too frequently, just let me know. That's all. Just, okay. just, just put I am some not eyes. touching anything in that box because we have a very nice relationship <laughs> and things could go downhill. Just put if some I... eyes on the situation. Oh, I also, I left the recycling bin out on the sidewalk. So when you get there, if you could just roll that back into the backyard, I would appreciate it. I'm happy that. to do that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, safe travels, Julie. Okay. Yeah, safe travels to you, Liz. Safe travels to everyone who's out there with some great photos this week at the hashtag Sat Sisters Travel. Yes. Seeing people, you know, Normandy celebration. Normandy, that was so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for posting all those pictures right. of what it was like to be at Normandy for the D-Day celebration. Right, that was am- I love that. Yeah, that was amazing. So if you're traveling, we'd love to see it at our Facebook group. You can ask to join. You do need to be a listener to the podcast. Just want to remind people, it's great that you have friends you'd love to join, but we'd like to keep it to a listener group so people understand the ethos. Uh, so again, I'm going to have to reject quite a few... <laughs> Because we have an ethos. Quite a few things. <laughs> uh, but hashtag Sat Sisters Travel or at Instagram. All right, sisters, have a great week. You too, Liam. You too, Liam. Bye, don't, Liz. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.